My dear, my dear, my dear, you do not know me, but I know you very well. Remember, that was a farce. I was popping as your man, Dean Edwards. Welcome to the Father Bucket Protocol. Back in the building is the producer, the producer extraordinaire, the comic uh, on the upcome, the host of the, uh, of the callback, and the Illmatic. Some call him, some know him as, a.k.a. The Remedy. You can't say The Remedy is. The Remedy, D-A, no apostrophe. Recognize Joseph Vesey in the building, man. Joseph, it's good to have you back. Yeah, it is good to be back. Good to be back. <laughs> Had to give him the proper intro. That was man. a hell of an intro. That was an amazing intro. It's been a while, of course. Big Mike in the building on the boards, Michael Biono. Uh, Michael Biono. It's his government. Name. Michael Biono. Biono, man. Um, yeah, it's good to have you back, man. It's been a while. We, we, we've, we've had, uh, you know, some time. Like, you... Because you were here when Big J was here, but you weren't really here. Like, you you were... Especially that uh, first week, you kind of just let us run. Yeah, I let you guys riff. I was, uh, I was having good dreams, though. But it was cool. It was good. Um... <laughs> Okay. But uh, no, no, I was listening. No, it was good. I just wanted to yeah, no, go I, back and forth a little bit. Uh, I think that was that was good. We had fun, man. And uh, you know, as always, we appreciate all the listeners. Uh, our, our numbers are growing. We are growing. It's small, but we're mighty. I'm, I'm, I'm noticing that the numbers are climbing every week. Um, make sure, like I said, make sure. Yo, I just listened to Vessi's uh, interview. You're actually your first uh, interview with uh, Romany Malco. Uh, Romney. Uh, Romney. Sorry. You know what's funny? And I actually, I, after he explained his name, I said, oh, like Mitt Romney. Um, but he just extends the M and the N a little that bit That was more. the extra long episode, right? Right, the, right. The extra, extra. Yeah, yeah was, yo. We went. Yo, let me tell you something. This dude, y'all kept going. I think we even spoke about that. Uh, on my last episode when I flew solo, because I was like, "Yo, y'all," but it was it wasn't like long and monotonous. I was just I got in my car. I told I said this last week on the podcast. I I got in my car and I was leaving uh, Atlantic City. I figured it's about two two and a half hours, three hours. Um, I said, and in my mind, I said, "You know what? I'm gonna listen to." Um, let me catch up on some of Vessi's podcasts on the callback. So I said, here, I'm going to listen to Romney, the first episode, and then I'll listen to some of the one with Chris Rock. So (laughs) by the time I'm coming across the Verrazano, I'm like, oh, he's he's still going. uh, This guy really uh, likes to talk, huh? But it was, but I I, I dug the interview, man, because it was was very enlightening. And then um, not only, not only did you have a good time with him that first time, a good long time, but you interviewed him two more times since then, yeah? Right. Well, th- then I split it to two parts. So it was okay. like the first, I think the the most recent ones we did, part one was like maybe an hour, and then the second one was like 40 minutes. Okay. So, okay. yeah, no, the first one, I don't, that just ended up happening because we were, I don't know, we were just talking and we just, I had a lot of questions. I, I right. thought it was only going to be an hour. And then right. I said to him, he just was very, cool about it and right. we had never met each other so there was a lot I guess to talk about and it just ended up being two hours it wasn't planned no I but, but you know what and that's I'm not complaining about it I, I think the beauty of uh as, as we've experienced um doing the further mucking protocol um I think the beauty of this is when you're having good conversation you just go you know as opposed to being uh in a in a restricted uh medium I you know a, a talk show where where you have one segment to 
give people some of who you are, but also promote whatever project you have coming out, you know, or, um, you know, the same thing with, with radio. Like, radio, like, anytime I go on the road um, doing radio, you always know if you're doing well based on how long the, the DJs decide to have you up there. Because there have been many a time where I'm driving up uh, or, or the, the club is bringing me to, you know, whatever radio station, and they say, all right, you know, this guy... Um, this guy is the the Howard Stern of this area. You know that of P. He, this guy's the Howard Stern of Peoria, Illinois, and we know you're the the headliner at the uh, Jukebox Comedy Club. I think that's the actual name, which actually is a fun club uh, in Peoria, home of Richard Pryor. Um, so you know, don't step on his toes when you when you get in there, and just let him guide you. And then and then sometimes the the you, the the interviewer will hit you with, yeah, you want me to lead you into anything, but kind of begrudgingly, like, yeah, uh, you, what do you want to talk about? And they want you to do your your bits. They want you to do your material. I'm like, nah, man, let's just let's let's talk like human beings. And and if we have fun, we have fun. And then next thing you know, instead of doing one segment, it's like, oh man, we got Dean Edwards in the building. He's gonna be at this comedy club. Hey, you you have time? You um, can you stick around? And I I like. Chilling on the radio because that means more people uh, are going to find out who I am, and, and is uh, another way to make sure you know seats are filled in the club. So that's the beauty of doing these podcasts uh, is that you have a chance to to build and learn something new and maybe find some enlightenment about something that I didn't understand, you know, or vice versa. Um, yeah. So yeah. No. Did you get anything out of that one? Do you remember out of, out out of the Romney one? Uh yeah. You know what? Um, number one. Well, I, I I I met dude like once or twice at, at the gym. Um, but he, well, number one, I did I didn't know his history. You know, I didn't know I didn't know he's from New York. Number yeah. one, I didn't know he's from New York, but he uh, he re- relocated. His his the the hustler spirit that he has makes sense because he said he he sort of raised his brother. Um, and and uh, and they were out in the streets, uh, hustling, doing what they had to do to to just eat. You know. Um, I like what he said that Spike Lee told him. He said, if people knew how hood you really are, you'd have more fans. Just, you know, because some yeah. some people, I yeah. guess, you know, they they see a perception of them. They don't know. But he actually, but in conversation, he actually uh, switches it up. I guess in, you know, he'll like all of a sudden, like he'll be kind of talking very formal and then he'll just drop the N-word and kind of like say, right. so, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so it's that. funny to see that. him kind of, or he but, doesn't call it switching it up, but I, I see it as, oh. Well, that's, you the, know what, that's also the, 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 that's the there's a dichotomy if if you're if you're black in this country, but not even I, I think everybody has a dichotomy uh, based on being around their friends and family versus being in the workplace. Mm-hmm. So how you talk now? Said. Granted, we're we're comics, and so the the lines are a little more blurred because we might there's there's some nights that you're you're only doing a 15 minute spot and that's it, and then. So, so your place of work is actually just as relaxed, if not more relaxed, than you are at home, you right. know. But, but, but if you're if you go into a meeting, uh, Tim Hurley, he wants wants to sit down. Hey, man, I, I like this idea. You sit down and kick it. Uh, come up to to uh, uh, Happy Madison. Is it Happy Madison or Happy Gilmore? Happy, Happy Madison. Madison. I was getting confused. Happy, come up to uh, Col- Col- Columbia's lot at the Happy Madison offices. And we want to talk to 
talk to you about learning this. You're going to even even uh, though you eventually might relax because Sandler's in there and he's he's real relaxed and and he has his pajamas on and slippers. You know, when you first walk in that room, you're like. Hey, you know, what's up, uh, Joseph, man, a big fan, you know, and and you're real. <laughs> I, was like, I had to do, <laughs> I had to do an impression of, of but you know what I mean. So, so you you wear, we all wear masks. We all wear yeah. wear masks. That's what you say. You go to a job interview with your parents. Obviously, you talk different, so right. it's not really a switch up. It's right. just you. It's 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 you know how to uh, how to make the adjustment. Make it's, right. it's like as a ball player, you know, you as a as a ball player, you know that. In your mind, you know what you want to do, but you have a defender that's that's defending you a certain way. You're gonna to have to make the adjustment, right? And then some people, I'm so much better than I don't have to make any adjustment oh, I'm sure whatsoever. You're better than that's a, a lot of guys. <laughs> Keith Robinson, you know, that's, that's right. With Keith, I don't have to make any adjustment. In fact, I just visualize right. what I'm gonna do visualize, and I do it. <laughs> visualize Keith's knees. It's very locking up on him. It's very easy. It's very. Because remember I told you, I don't know if I said on the podcast that some comic was talking trash, wanted to play me. Oh, and really? he finally showed up, and he's limping, which I said to myself, I said, first of all, why did you show up limping? I said, if you were hurt, you should have just called me right, and said, listen, right, you're right. hurt. I was not going to. Now, he might have thought, like, oh, I'm thinking you're faking it. But I said, but you coming here with a limp right. now gives you that out of saying right. it. But, I said, but he said, no, it's not now. Right. I said, okay, fine, 11-0. Okay. You know what I mean? Come Damn. on. Come on, dude. <laughs> And here's the thing. Even if now I saw his game too, even if he had no limp, I told him, I said, you still would have been 11 0. Yeah, you still <laughs> but your limp, you know, didn't help your cause. But yeah. the Romney thing, I think he really enjoyed that that day was because, you know, most of these guys that do a lot of interviews, unless they're doing like Charlie Rose or, you know, Tavis Smiley or someone like right. that, most of the interviews are not that good. Right. And they don't enjoy most of it. The now, promo when you say is, not that good, elaborate for the, for the people. You know, it's a bunch of questions of, hey, how is it working with De Niro? Oh, that must have been cool. Oh, so you were in Think Like a Man. You worked with right, Kevin Hart right, before. Right. It's just all the same kind of, you know, bullshit questions. Every right. now and then, I'm sure they have a good interview. But, like, I actually ran into Aziz a couple nights ago at The Cellar, and I hadn't seen him since he did my first episode of the podcast. Right. And I was I was telling him, you know, that he helped the podcast out by being the first episode. Right. And uh, he was like, and he said this to me before a while back, but he reiterated, he's like, man, he's like, yo, because I do so many interviews that are just terrible. And they ask me the worst, stupidest questions ever. He's like, you did a really good interview. Right. It was really good. So these guys end up kind of enjoying it when they see it's actually real questions and someone right. actually interested. Right. Or they're not just like looking not at the notes. just looking at like, the cards. Yeah. Right. Well, because, so. mo I mean, for the, for the most part, the, the average interview that you see on uh on television or that you that you read is probably going to be hack and by hack hack need i mean they're going to ask the same junket questions that everybody else asks because these people probably aren't really all that interested you know they're just like all right here's a job i got an interview the cast to think like a man oh what was it like working with, with kevin hart how's how's it uh working with kev knowing that he's he's like the biggest comedy uh actor on the yeah. planet now romney is he really uh, funny in real life yeah like all yeah <laughs> all all those just, as uh, opposed to if, if you're coming to do uh be it the callback or the father monkey protocol or uh, I'll big up some of my friends, uh, Ian Edwards' soccer comic rant, or if you're sitting down with with Burr on the Monday Monday morning podcast, or look, I look, I'm bigging up all all of my all things comedy uh, homies, my boy Dean Del Rey's. Let there be talk. If you're going to any of these cats and they're interviewing you, chances are 
they asked you to come be a guest because there's some interest. You know what I mean? They want you to come on. It's not, it's not a producer saying, oh, you know what would be great to have on? Uh, this person has this, this movie or this project coming out. They're interviewing you because they want to, and so they're going to get to the crust. So I, I, could, I could definitely tell that you were a fan of uh, a 40-year-old virgin. Oh, yeah. Um, and just Romney has, and his, his, his what he feel, feels like is a small catalog, but he actually has a nice... Catalog. Yeah, he always uh, thinks he doesn't have, uh, I guess, because he could work so much more because right, he turns down right. uh, an extraordinary amount of stuff. Right, but, but he's got a nice body of work. Dude, he, he has a nice body and, and has a bunch of bangers. Like, I, that's what I was in. Like, after after hearing him say that he didn't, uh, he doesn't take everything. I actually, I, I wrote down some of those movies, like the the indie that, uh, the first. Oh, The Chateau. The Chateau. Yeah, that's pretty like, good. Yeah, that's interesting. That, I check that out. Yeah, he's just a really, I don't know, he, his whole disposition, though, is very interesting because he's very, like, he's not desperate, he's not content. And I don't know if that comes from also that he had his own business he his before own he started, so yeah. he's a little bit not so, like, I got to do everything and got to get every single thing. So right. I, I think that I'd helped him. And he was yeah. in the, mil the military, I, I will say, also, uh, having been in the military, I think the military sort of helps you, helps ground you. And helps you realize, like there's there's a there's a term that we use in the mil that they still use in the military. Suck it up and drive on, you know. Ha suck it up and drive on. And, and that before no, I'm just Bessie's saying, mind will go there. I'm just it's, saying it's a little bit for the military. That's a little risque. It really isn't. You suck it up and drive on, and uh, hurry Jesus. up and wait. Right. Hurry so, up and wait. Hurry up and wait. Train riders too. Is yeah, like hurry up and wait is is pretty much self explanatory because you're yeah. You you learn patience. Yeah, you learn patience because you might wake up at zero four hundred hours um, after having having gone on a march the night before. I remember like marching one time for like ten hours with like eighty pounds on our back. This is like one of our final exercises in uh in boot camp. Uh, we we it was just this long march, tedious. You're exhausted. Your feet hurt. Get back at at uh you left yesterday. Uh, late morning, early afternoon, and you get in at 1 a.m., right? And the, there's no real purpose other than just to push your body. Uh, ultimately, it's just you're pushing the body and and learning the uh, how far you can push that body. And then waking up two, three hours later and starting the day all over. Like, you yes. remember those commercials? We do more before... Yeah. Uh, 6 a.m. And you really did, man. Because yeah. you, you waking up at 04, 0430. I really hope uh, there's not a draft huh? ever again. <laughs> God help us. I am so happy. Yeah. I'm so happy yeah. that uh, there's... Best, best in the military. Get you, get, private, what are you doing? Oh, man. I just, uh, you know, I got a little migraine. <laughs> my knees hurt. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I'd be more concerned about the living conditions right, and the I'm food. Sure. I mean, because I, what I've seen on TV, never in person, but what... You know, like, it doesn't look like very Four Seasons-esque. But it's you not... know what's funny? The, the <laughs> There's no Four Seasons, but I, I I will say this. When I was in the Army, it was probably the cleanest. Uh, yeah, I imagine that. Not not only the cleanest, I'm talking about everything is clean. Every day, like, if you had KP, I should, I should finish my first uh, thought before. Let me finish, and I'll come back to that. So what you suck it up and drive on is more about... Deal with it. You just you gotta take a deep breath and keep it moving. You know things things are gonna happen in life you're not gonna like. Hey man, deal with it. Suck it up and drive on. You know you you um 
yeah, somebody died back home and, and you're crushed. It's okay to be human. It's, it's you know, let your emotion out, but you still you still have your job to do. And that and that's so that's they drill that into your head. When when you go into the military, you are learning to soldier. And so you are learning to separate uh the, the emotion from whatever the task at hand is. Because in in a in a wartime situation, you can't sit there and, and allow your emotions to to overwhelm you and and possibly uh make things make it a bad situation not only for you but for for your buddy for for mm-hmm. uh the other soldiers in your platoon so um but as far as like being clean the first time I had uh KP like when you when you go through boot camp man you you uh you you everyone sort of gets cycled through working KP which is kitchen patrol right so you go and, and you have to wake up earlier than everybody right so what time did we st- I think breakfast was served, started getting served at like 06 or 0630. Um, so you because you're on KP, you gotta wake up at like 0400 hours because you have to go in, you have to the food has to get cooked, everything has to get set up for, for the first platoon to get in there. Uh, then you so you might be working on the line serving people food. You might be working in the back cooking the food. Are there it, naps during the day? Huh? Naps? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just. No, I'm saying naps. Like, like no, like I don't mean like conduct. Like you can like someone says like oh go take a nap. But I mean like, are there like times where you could be like all be right nap time private? <laughs> Didn't get an ample amount of sleep private. No, what I'm saying is like if you woke up early than everyone else and then you eat breakfast, you do your little march uh, and like, you know, little run, march. Like, you know I love saying. the shimmy dance you did as you said your little march. Like, yeah, too. I mean, I'm saying you do your little march, you run up, you know, climb up a rope, whatever you have to do that day. Uh-huh. Then like, do you, can, is there some time where it says, okay, these three hours are yours. You could take a nap. You could listen during, to music. During boot camp, no. Okay, but what about regular, regular army? See, what, what a lot of people don't realize is once you, once you've gone through basic training, boot camp, once you've gone through your AIT advanced individual training and you learn your job, yeah. then you get sent to your permanent duty station. Then that's where it's just like any other job. You're working a job and you might slack off. You once you realize the job, like I was a uh, my my MOS um, was med was seventy six Juliet med supply specialist. So honestly, all we really did was hand out medical supplies, you know, and People aren't coming in to the uh, supply office uh, on a continuous basis, <laughs> you know. So we used to sit back there, and yeah, like when we when we had drill weekends, if, we would just we everyone would come and hang out in in the supply office because they knew that's where you could go and hide, and and just some people would come in and, and take a little nap. Uh, maybe I might take a nap, and like my boy uh, Maddox would would keep. Like we would, we, you'd seat yourself a certain way so you could sleep. So, so one person can be on watch while the other person slept. You know what I mean? Um, now are you? But now the term, what is the term? Suck it up, thing. Suck it up. As you said, you deal with it. Right, you deal with it. You so you're sure that couldn't have derived though from giving head? I well, explain to me how you think because you because you said no because you said suck it up and just deal with it. So like maybe if there's something on the penis, ah, it's a little gross. There's some a pimple, like but just suck it up anyway and do what you have you to know do. What? It's funny. Your mind went there, but as 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 
as innuendo based as my mind can but get. But it makes as, sense. As it makes sense. Andre, it doesn't make sense unless you're thinking about a pimple on the penis. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't want to think about that, but I'm saying. Let's but you say, did, Joseph. <laughs> I'm just saying, unless there was something Michael there. Michael scrounging up his face like, like what? Where it's like, okay, I'm just going to do it anyway. Hey, you know, let me do what I have to do. You know what? I, I can pretty much say I guarantee I will never have that happen where I see a pimple and say, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna, I'm yeah. still going to suck it up and drive on. I'm going Well, you're not going to be sucking penis, so why would you see it? I'm just saying. I didn't say I. I'm just saying, yeah, it's, I, it's I gross. Guess, guess but so you know what's funny that you, Jay Okerson mentioned on the uh, first time he was here about uh, knowing all the comics that you mentioned Maestro Clark. Maestro Clark. Who's on my podcast. Yeah. And he, he kind of, well, I mean, he has- He was in been, the military, right? Yes, he was big. Well, he still does it. Like he was in it like, I think about three or four years ago, really? uh, he was doing, I forget what his exact title was, but yeah, he's, he's still kind of been doing that his whole life. Okay. He's like a, a science. Like he's ridiculous. I, I wish I. I'm not gonna mess up his been titles for a long time too. So he probably has like uh, he he. Yeah, he has like he, his whole. Hey, I'm not even gonna mess up his titles, but he's like super smart, physics, science, oh, all this okay. shit. Like okay. it's crazy. So it's so wild to consider. You know, when you think of his act, it's so funny. Right. Not that it was actually clever, but right. I'm saying. But you're not gonna associate a comedian with some you know right. weapons, uh, fucking scientist or whatever he was. Exactly. I can't remember. I have to listen to it. Well, that's also, uh, you know what, uh, to me it's always interesting um, to see how many, I think people people have this misconception that comedians and comics are clowns and just, you know, the, the village idiot and like these fools. Yeah. But a lot of guys that were were lawyers, Greg Giraldo was a lawyer. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, uh, Dean Obidala, um but I'm not surprised. I mean, I am surprised on how many, but I'm not surprised with those jobs. But this one's a little bit more extreme because it's like, it, it seems like, because he's still, he was still doing it even well, see, throughout his comedy John thing. was a real doctor, you know? Yeah. From from uh, from the hangover, uh, from the hangover fiends, you know? He, I'm doing, Wait, the Asian guy? He, yeah, oh, well, of course. His I name, mean, I know, right? <laughs> he, but he's a real... Yeah, he's. I think he still has his, his license. He still can practice if he wants right. to, but, uh, you know. You can hang out with Bradley Cooper or you want to operate. Which are you going to do, you know? Uh, so, yeah, there are a lot of... I'm, I'm not surprised that somebody like Maestro uh, Clark is, um, is, is, you know, more intelligent than people might expect him to be. I didn't, uh, I didn't uh, make sure people... Hey, man, y'all made it this far, so um, you know the routine. I changed it up. Normally, I start off and plug everything. Do you have anything to plug uh, coming up? Well, like, just the... Uh, I'm trying to think. Well, because we never know exactly what right. week this goes out, but I'll just plug the podcast. So okay. We talked about that, the, the callback call podcast. I actually just re-released the Aziz episode because it's been... Because we get more... Uh, you know, with the more recent episodes with Hurley and Charlemagne. So I actually wanted to put then a couple of the bigger ones right. close to this one so people can see it. The Charlemagne one was good too. Thank you. Yeah, right. You told you texted me and told me you listened to that one. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, and I actually saw Power One Hundred Five on their website did like a little write up on it, which was cool. Oh, that's dope. Um, and uh, yeah, so no, he was dope. He was fun. Yeah, and it was weird. And then I was at the Nets game last night, and then I I ran into like 
three people I knew at a Nets game, which is always weird when you yeah, in a big place. Such a big venue. And you would see people, and and the guy actually talked and seen him in a long time, and he was like, "Yo, I've been keeping up. I just listened to the Charlemagne episode. He's like, your guy's chemistry was really good." Yeah, boy. And so, yeah, he was he was a blast to have on. So yeah, that's the most recent one, the Charlemagne episode, and then I just released the Aziz Ansari one. But yeah, callback podcast, SoundCloud, iTunes, subscribe. Yeah. And make sure if if if, if y'all listening, go back and check some of his old episodes, man. Because uh, I, I will say that I I was talking to someone and they were like, "Yo, how does he get?" <laughs> I was talking to Mark Theobald in in the gym earlier. Oh, okay. And and I I said to him, I said, "Yo, I said your episode still stands as our highest rated ever." He's his at this point. By the time people hear this, it'll probably climb up. But I think his is probably close to five hundred. Which for me, I'm I'm impressed with because I'm I'm amazed that anyone even finds a way to to listen to us, man. But uh, um, people, excuse me, I just uh just ate some Mexican breakfast, uh, Mexican lunch for dinner, for okay. breakfast. I mean, uh, leftovers. So um, no, I was telling Mark. I said I said yo, uh, I said yeah, I'm uh, Vessi and I are gonna do our thing in a little bit. And uh, I said yo, I said, and then I told him about your interview with uh Hurley and and uh. And um, and Romney, right? And he was like, "Yo, how does he? Yo, how does he get all those people?" I said, "I said he might just cold call him." I said, "Maybe him working with Chris Rock might have helped uh, branch into get once people because that's true. I, I would and you let me know, but I feel like once you get like someone big and they co-sign it, other people that a becomes currency." To say to other people, yo, you know what? Um, yeah, I have this thing I do, and uh, Chris Rock did it, and I had uh, Hurley, did, you know, and, and so yeah, definitely, no, it definitely helped. But that's yeah, that's like the number one question. It's funny because people will be like, how did you, how did you get that how person? How did you though? Like, like Hurley, how did how did you? Get well, that? Hurley, he was from working on Grown Ups too, so my relationship with Sandler and all his crew. Right, okay, I figured. Um, I didn't go through Adam to get Hurley. He, uh, I but know, I. So Sandler been like, wait, you want to interview him, but not him. <laughs> Yeah, I will never ask What's him. What's going yeah. on in people? Yeah. I'm never going to ask Adam to do the podcast, but... Uh, Don't say but, never. Well, I'm just... That's not going to be the... the. My, I'm not going to waste that question on the right. podcast. Right. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save it for hopefully something other than that. Something. But uh, I'm trying to think... Yeah, her, so Hurley, he was uh, through that. And actually, um, Sandler's assistant, uh, Jonathan Lochran, he's the one... Who set it up oh, for me? He, he's in all of Sandler's movies too. He always plays like the cross-eyed dude and the water yeah. boy. And he plays all the parts. So that was Hurley. So each person actually has been like different though. Not well, one like, person like has Rom been the same. Rom oh, Romney was actually one of the few that I did not know beforehand. But I saw he was very active on his social media, oh. and he actually wrote. I was thinking about getting him because I did know. I know Michael Chiklis. And Michael okay. Chickles right. and him worked together. So I was almost going to ask Michael to ask him. But then I saw on his Facebook, he wrote, hey, people who are being like unprofessional, not going through, should go through. If you want to do a professional interview with me, go through my publicist. Okay. And it was just ironic that I happened to see that. And I was like, oh, okay. So maybe he's like kind of open to it. And then when right. I contacted his publicist, she was very nice. And then he was... She set it up and he showed up. You oh, know, cool. it was. I remember the day we did the first time we did the interview. It was like literally pouring, pouring rain. He met me at my right, school, you said Brooklyn he was, College. He was standing outside. I was so of the amazed. Gate. Just, well, just because he was. I, I guess it's kind of stupid for me to say that, but you know, it was just like he was just early on time, like right. the whole thing. Not that I wasn't expecting that, right? But I just think it was just amazing how professional he was and just came and you know did right. the thing. It was just a crazy day. That's all. Right. Right. Um, right. 
But uh, I'm trying to think uh, who else, though, if there was anybody else, like, different that I had on, like, through a different way. Like, Tom Green was interesting because they reached out to me. Really? So that was, yeah, because he came, he's come back. He just started doing stand-up, like, maybe two years yeah, ago. Yeah. So I guess he kind of wanted to, they wanted to kind of put out this big press kit and kind of okay. even go to maybe things that are a little bit more untapped. Okay. So he was coming to Caroline's, and right. they wanted to do... Yeah, I remember I had to read the email like five times. I said, what are these people asking me? Because I was so <laughs> shocked. <laughs> I was like, because they, they said, want to be on your show. And I'm like, I, I really, like, I, show, I didn't show I, up in the Bronx. Yeah, I, I was really confused. I remember not understanding it because I was like, I don't right. call my podcast a show. And I was like, right. what is Tom? Is this a, a blast email? Like, I didn't understand what it was. And then, yeah, he wanted to be right. on. And that was cool, too, because I'd never met him. And I was like, he's an interesting uh, fellow. Right. Yeah. We, bo we both we both couldn't tell who was... I mean, I couldn't tell if he knew I was being serious. I couldn't tell if he thought I was serious. Right. Sometimes it was a kind of a back and forth. Oh, so I got I want to check that it's, one It's out a there. wild episode. It's really funny. Okay, I might listen it's to that. It's so weird. It's so funny, it's but it's like... But he, like, then starts asking me questions, right. and it becomes... Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just... It was right after I broke up with my girl, and she he was like... Uh, he's he, One thing I want to say... What did he say? He was like... Uh, he was like, yeah, so um, what happened? He's like, well, well what happened? You know, they, you know, get, got dumped. And uh, I was like, he said something. He might not have said that, but. I, li I like how Tom Green talks because it's very Canadian. Yeah, right. Yeah, very slow. Very slow. And then, he's, and then I told him the story about the, the, I got threatened and all this stuff and all the things. He was like, well, at least you know she's with someone nice. Ah. <laughs> so it was funny. It was good. But yeah, so I, I think. I he was funny, man. I, I used to love his, uh, his, his first MTV show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah, I thought, dude, I thought Tom Green, uh, I thought sometimes he went too far, like when he painted his parents' house, like polka dot, and like he did go far. Yeah, he, he, he was one of the first, uh, but it's funny because that sort of birthed jackass, and you know, I think that all, there's how Charlemagne said there's certain trees, and like, Tom, you wonder would jackass, uh, have come if not for Tom Green, because Tom Green definitely helped. Open up MTV's um, perception of what could work, because this was honestly. I remember one time seeing Tom Green do stand up on this on this cruise ship, and 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 he just I still to this day refer to and laugh about it because it's just he walked on stage and people gave him dap because they're like, oh, Tom Green is on the, and then he just walked on stage and he was like. Eh. <laughs> And then, uh, and then he did it for about two minutes, and then he stopped, and people were like, "Yeah, all right." But then he did it again, and he kept doing it. And then he was like, "Ee, ee, Joshua, Joshua." And I'm at home dying because then there was a voice, there was a voiceover, like voice of God over it, where where the guys like. He continues, but slowly the crowd loses. <laughs> like, it was just... Yeah. It was, was like a little Andy Kaufman-esque in yeah, a way, like just very, doing something very, very weird. They had to drag him off the stage and... and uh, he, he was... He was when I went to see him... When I went to see him at Caroline's, he was like... He was a little twisted by the end of the show. Uh -huh. And he was like... I don't know if he knew who I was anymore, but it was, was like... Funny. But he was very nice, though. Very uh -huh. nice guy. But I don't think... You, you just can't tell when he's right, being himself right, or he's right. doing, like, a shtick. Right. But he was really nice. I know it was fans. He brought, like, all these fans, like, into the green room. Oh, And uh, he was really cool. I saw him uh, when he... Like, he had probably been doing stand-up for about a year. 
um, like he came back to stand up, I guess, and was doing it for a year. And I saw him. We we were all uh, doing this benefit at the Laugh Factory. I forgot what what it was for, but I was actually impressed. I I, I remember even talking to um, Ian Edwards and I. We were saying we both were like, "Yo, dude got some chops." He like he really he he chiseled it into a nice uh, a nice point of view. Nice uh, nice set. I was I was impressed. Well, he had a Showtime special not that long ago. Yeah, I think that's probably what he was. Uh, that's what this on. was in, in in preparation for, you know. Yeah, and then obviously my other favorite episodes was Gary Shandling. Did you watch the Larry Sanders show back in the day? You know what? I watched. I didn't watch the Larry Sanders show, but I was a big Gary Shandling fan off his his first his his original Fox show. I was a big oh, fan it's of Gary Fox. Shandling show. I was yeah. a big fan of all of Fox's um, early shows because it was so left of center of what every everybody else was doing. So I remember this is a theme to the Gary show, right. the opening theme to the Gary yeah, I love show. That show. This too. is the music that you hear as you watch the credits. I'm almost at the this was funny lyrics. I'm almost at the part of where I start to whistle. This is the, then we'll get to Larry Sanders. And then and that, I thought it was just because it was just dumb. Yeah. But it was also goofing on how yeah. how TV shows have these these silly that kind of brought brought people in right away with that it, theme it song. It just did. Uh, it, was, it was dope. He was so clever. I thought it was. I thought that show was dope. And so when he when he got Larry Sanders, and I've heard for years, people said, "Man, it's incredible, brilliant. It was incredible. It, was, it it spooked and lampooned uh, late night television." And so I always say that's one of those shows I'll go back and watch. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of the best TV shows of all time. Really? Absolutely. That's it. And, and I I put it. Yeah. I would put it like, I don't know. I mean, you just because there's nothing else. There wasn't anything like it before it. And then so many things came after okay. it that okay. imitated it. Okay. And, that's, that's, and, uh, that's a good gauge. And also, and, and some of the story, the storylines of it, you know, are so real. Mm -hmm. It's like real situations. Like, it, it's it's so real and uncomfortable mm -hmm. that, you know, they, even people in the business talked about how real it was. Right. Whereas, you know, I think like something like, you know, like Entourage has like a lot was, of real has, has a lot of real stuff to it, but still, I, Entourage I, seemed. Do you feel like Entourage seemed more scripted in comparison? Like Entourage seemed more. This is Hollywood's perception of Hollywood versus Larry Sanders saying this is the uh, this is really how it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, maybe early on in Entourage, with the when things are going good and the meetings with the script stuff is right. probably you know pretty accurate, and then it started to kind of veer away. And but I, I mean. Convoluted. Yeah, or I don't even know how to describe, but I guess the Larry Sanders it was something more realistic, or, or maybe just the characters were right. more okay, something more, more real out. about it. I, I don't know what it is, but I mean Gary Shandling, I think you can't really compare Shandling's, too many people with his writing. So yeah, he's always been a, a brilliant stand-up. I remember him on uh, on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Uh, oh, I remember that. I put that I remember set in. He had, yeah, he had that green. Uh, I want to say it was a green corduroy jacket, and he came out with the pen with the bank. Yeah, and he and he chain. and you know what? Here's this is the what just popped in my mind. I remember, yo, because because back then I didn't know the difference between white and Jewish. If you weren't my complexion, you were white, right? And so I remember saying to myself when I saw it, I was like, yo, this white dude is shiny. <laughs> he was just really like shiny, like like. Jermaine Jackson shiny. Like I just I just saw Jermaine, I just saw Jermaine Jackson or wife swap uh the other night. And That's I sad. was like, this dude is because I was watching Agents of Shield, uh um, the the I, I don't know if it was the finale, but it it was a big episode. And then they had been advertising 
the white swap with uh, with Daniel Baldwin and Jermaine Jackson. All I oh could think God. was so they got all the the brothers of the people we really care about. Right. I hope I never get and, to that point. And. God, a lot of nevers just saying, Joe. I, I never really, never, but yeah, I just no, might yeah, be homeless. Bro. I just, but yeah, I and, and I was, and all I could think was, wow, Jermaine Jackson is really glistening. Like he looks like waxy, like wax figure left under the light. It was a hell of an analogy melting. to Gary Shandling on that. Yeah, and, but, to but no. So I was watching. I remember watching Shandling, and obviously it was it was videotaped. And and the quality was was not what it is nowadays. Yeah, I just remember saying, "Yo, this dude, this white cat is really shiny." And he also had it was he had a Shanling was red, like he wasn't he wasn't white. He was more like red hued. I don't know if that was nerves or his face was flushed. Right, maybe. Yeah, but he was makeup. He was glistening, man. Yeah. And to this, like you can tell, I, I was traumatized. Like if I ever get to meet Gary Shanling, I just want to say, "Yo." Why were you so shiny? <laughs> on Johnny Carson. On Johnny Carson. That's funny. You know? um, but yeah, I get a lot of great responses from that one. From even older comics that really? have checked it out. Yeah. Because he's just, he's a, his whole like philosophy, he's also into Buddhism. Right, right, and right. he has a whole way about him and approach right. to writing. Oh, okay. It's very, okay. it's very, uh, what's the, what's the word? Like zen? Buddhist use? Yeah, yeah, Zen. Zen, you yeah, like exactly. how I did that? I like how you we finished have, We have sentences. a nice synergy, Joseph. That was good, man. See, I was just in there, you know, it was, it was, it was almost like symbiotic. You know, <laughs> the incense is yo. So also, let me just bring that because when he walks, yeah, when we walked in here, also, oh, Theobald just uh, liked the photo. Um, also, want to send a special shout out to my boys, uh, Owen Smith and Ali Leroy. Check out their podcast, Alias Smith and Leroy, because I just did uh, their podcast. Well, I did their podcast um, uh, at the end of last year, early this year, and they just finally released it and. Ali Leroy, who a lot of people um, may or may not know, but he, um, you might remember him from the Chris Rock show on uh, on HBO, and he he was uh, the co-writer of Head of State with Rock, and uh, he's a uh, he he was a showrunner on um was he was he ah jeez um, was Are We There Yet? He he was a producer of Are We There Yet? Um, also a senior hall show. Uh, worked the Bernie Mac show, you know. So he's 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 has some uh, nice credits, real funny cats. Did their podcast and and yeah, I've had Owen on mine. Yeah, yeah, and and just had um had a blast with them. So go if if y'all if y'all wanna wanna hear me, but from someone else's perspective where they're asking the questions, uh, check that one out because we went they 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 got deep into the crust in, in that episode. And what was funny was uh. I've always I've been I, I've always sort of kept a journal documenting uh, my 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 travels or what have you and, and my journey. And I remember after the episode, um, Owen saying, "Damn man, you need to you need to write a book." I said, oh, "It's funny you say that." I said, "Cause I actually am." Cause we were talking obviously about uh, SNL and just my my history, not only there but just stand up. He's like, "Man, you need to write a book because you said some some heavy things and some inspirational things, and it's like a crazy." St- crazy story you've had, but I think it would really touch a lot of people. And I said, well, it's funny, because I actually have been, um, I've been sort of writing that, uh, you know, like the working ideas, like called 41 Eps, you know, because that's how many episodes I had at the show. And I want to tell people like the entire journey, because I think it's a, it's a dope, uh, I think it's a dope story. I think, I think everybody has a dope story, actually. I think uh, you just have to know how to tell it in an entertaining 
but uh, enlightening way. Mike has a great story, you know, but um, would he ever tell? You know, we should interview you one day, Mike. Look, he just rolled his eyes. Now you're turning Gary Shandless color, man. <laughs> Not as shiny. Um, so, yeah, check that out. And make sure you, uh, you know, check out All Things Comedy. And, and uh, as far as the Father Mucket Protocol, you know, you can check it out on All Things Comedy, or SoundCloud, or iTunes, comment. Like we just said last week, that uh, if you if you leave comments, man, I definitely want to make sure I give you guys shout-outs uh, on the show uh, because we appreciate you uh, listening and, and checking us out, man. And, uh, you know, follow us on uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Me, I'm at I am Dean Edwards on both Instagram and Twitter. And uh, Vessi is at Joseph Vessi, V-E-C-S-E-Y. Uh, I, got, I got reprimanded for uh, one time misspelling that in... in uh, in the, in the tweet, uh, in a twat, because I don't like use. I don't like as a grown man. I can't feel comfortable saying, "Yeah, I tweeted you." Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so Joseph, when he came in today, it was, I thought that was an outro, huh? I thought we were done. Nah, nah, we got, we got, we got, we got to address uh, your, your 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 incense remarks. So Joseph walks in. I burn incense. Now, anybody that knows me, anybody that's ever been around me knows I don't wear I don't wear cologne. Never been big on cologne and perfume. I don't. I don't have a problem with them, but I just my. Uh, I don't know if it's an allergy or what have you. But when people wear specifically floral based scents, oh, Mike, saying me too. When people wear floral based scents, yeah. it actually uh, it affects me. Yo, but you know what's funny what? is uh, is my girl. She said that I had the worst cologne ever oh, in damn. the world. What like, cologne do you wear? It, I, well, I don't wear it anymore. Well, but I'm saying this was this was before we started dating. I guess I, I, I wouldn't put it on all the time. Like every now and then. Because I wasn't a big cologne person myself. Okay. But I bought this Sean John cologne, right? Uh, and I was going to say Brute by Fabergé. No, no. It was, it was Sean John. It's pretty expensive too. And I, and I wore it. And you'll hear the, check this out. The weird thing is. When I wore it, I was actually getting compliments from people, uh, unless it was like an inside joke. But even like everyone <laughs> from like, there was like four or five people. And I think it wasn't dudes. It was girls like, oh, that smells good. Like whatever. So I, I then I was like, okay, I'm going to wear this even more. Now, when uh, I knew, I when I knew. There. Now he started dousing your body. So then, but when I knew there was something up that maybe these four or five girls were incredible was when I was in the went back of a cab and the cab driver said, that smells really good. I said, I said, but I still didn't think anything of it then because then I said, wait a second, four or five girls plus a cab driver. I said, maybe it's that good where even a cab driver is going to just compliment for no reason. It has nothing to do with he what's going on He was just happy that smell. there was another smell in the cab right. besides so, the smell so he's been riding with. So then I, yeah, then I found out then I was like, then I guess she was like, yo, she smelled one day. She was like, nah, that. Like, like, she didn't say And I could hear nothing. her voice too. She's like, what, what is that? Yeah, she didn't, you know, she, she didn't say anything. Oh, I just okay. found it out later. She was like, yo, you would wear this cologne stuff. She was like, she was awful. <laughs> and I'm like thinking to myself, you know, it's like the worst feeling when like you go back and you look at like, because you didn't know something at right, the time, right, right. so then you're like almost sweating for the time yourself. You're like back a detective then. in the Usual Suspects, where it all comes together. <laughs> Skokie, Illinois, there's a barbershop quartet. quartet. Redfoot. Uh, Redfoot. <laughs> right. Oh, she was big as a, a whale, what, like orca big. Uh, no, like orca fat. Orca fat. Uh, I remember that's such a classic yeah. thing. 
Uh, I'm watching House of Cards, by the way. Kevin Spacey, no, he's fucking amazing. House of Cards is so, so you're not done with season. Two? Not done with oh. season one. Oh, son. I'm loving it. I'm loving oh, it. Relax, take yeah, it no, easy. Take it saying, easy. Your braids are coming undone. I'm not giving you anything, but I'm just <laughs> saying, season one is dope, but season two is Kevin you're like, Spacey. Yo. Uh, Spacey's Spacey is unbelievable. Spacey's I gotta have him. I, you know what I thought? I said, yo, he. Imagine. I don't know why. I said he on the podcast. I said that's a cool person. You know, like why more than like Spacey would be cool. You know, I, 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 you know what? I guarantee you. I, I, I guarantee you. If you reached out to Spacey, I bet you he would do it. You know why? Because he. A lot of people don't know he's a comic. Yes, yes. A lot of people don't he's realize funny. he's very funny. He's very funny, man, and he's a mimic. Yeah, like, he, when people have interviewed him, like someone was interviewing him on a red carpet, uh -huh. asking some dumbass questions. Like someone said to him, uh. How long did it take you to get ready? And she was serious. She wasn't joking. Uh -huh. And he was like, um, about, I don't know, three minutes? Like, I mean, like, you know, what did I have to, like, asking just the, he was looking at the, right. he even said to him at one point, he's like, really? This is it? This is, this is the, this is what it's going to be? And like, he's, he, which is great because he also has like a slight hostility in him right, too yeah, from yeah. House of Cards. Well, because he has but a it's cocky, like, um, Spacey has a cocky face. Like, whereas Clooney has, like, Clooney's head, everything he says, his head shakes, but, Spacey has it a little bit, but it's more just his tone, and he just you, you see him in horrible squinty. bosses. Oh yeah, yeah. fucking great. I don't think I've ever seen. I just was watching something, and I was like, I didn't even realize. Uh, Outbreak. I was on Outbreak. the road last weekend, and uh, in, in in Atlantic City, and I was like, oh shoot, Spacey was an outbreak. Yeah, negotiator. Negotiator yeah, as, great as too. Chris Sabian. He killed Chris Sabian. And Sabian, he was like, what? What's the uh, what's another movie that he had that was awesome? Uh, pay it, pay it forward, pay it forward. He was really great in that. Was that was very sad, like, and it was. Yeah, but I, but uh, yeah. yeah. Well, because he, you know, he plays the guy with the right. burns, yeah. and you know, the kid dies at the end. Yeah. Like, in yeah. case you haven't yeah. seen it, but yeah. well, uh, sorry. Well, they, the, the I think, statues, yeah, statue of limitations. You statue should have seen pay kinda, it forward. Yeah. Haley Joel Osment's on drugs now, so right. or I don't know if he's on drugs. I just assume he's a child now actor and he's not working. People, you really. If you're a child actor and I don't see you, dust. I assume you're on drugs. If I don't see you in something? the forefront, if I don't see you, well, somebody like Raven Simone. Well, I know, but she's around though. Cut. But she's not around. lately. Not, not on TV, right. but I'm clearly aware she mobile. had shows. She's, she's a producer. Mobile. She's, you know. But uh, yeah, so I don't wear colognes either anymore. It's funny you say that because she told me that. But I stopped wearing it in general. But I would like to do a test though because there were four or five females that said it was good. She does have extra sensitive. Smells okay. where she does not wear any perfumes, any right. clones, and can't take the smell. Right. She did something happen to her as a kid or didn't like something with perfume. I don't know. So traumatized. traumatized by perfume. I forget how exactly. Uh, I don't know if it, what it was. But, but she's very, uh, yeah, she so she, she has sensitive. So I don't know if that's just her, but or maybe, you know, Puff Daddy stuff doesn't read on my you skin. Know what? I was, that's what I was going to say. That happens. That's what you told me. Every, some people's chemicals Everybody's chemical. Uh, chemistry does, reacts differently to uh, right. sense, and so it might what might have, uh, and then also re is going to present something different to to someone uh, else's chemicals, someone else's or it might have changed. Maybe my body uh, chemical changed from those four or five females that oh, liked yeah. me to the cab driver to her. I know it's not because I'm white. I just think I mean I don't know. You think Puff Daddy's? They're black cologne. That'd be funny if there's black cologne. <laughs> No, I, I don't think I don't think Puff Daddy. If, if Puff Daddy, if he's gonna make anything, it's gonna be cologne for white people. Right, right, he's not right, gonna make right. it for black people. Uh, well, here's here's the point in case where Marina, uh, or should I not? You know, I know, cut I that. I was just why I didn't want to bring comic say, into it. That's why I just said my well, girl. So it doesn't cut, matter. Cut but. that out. But 
Yeah. Cut that when you listen. But uh, that's a point in case where your your girlfriend still decided to suck it up and drive on. Ah. Ah. See, that was that, go. That, but that's not, the fun. But not, that was a callback but, right but, there. But, that was a fun fucking protocol. But not callback. that night, though. Not, not right. that. Not those. Right. It took her like to, about a year later right. once hey. it wore off. Hey, and she was like, "Oh, okay." That's a fun fucking protocol back. Uh, see what I just did there? I mean, but so I right. blended the two. But let me say, so I walked in. I I, I smelled the. Now you always have incense uh, burning or kind of around, but I don't. I didn't really. I don't know. I didn't notice it or didn't take mm -hmm. into it. And I said to myself today, because I've thought it before, I said, oh, that smells pretty good. I've never burned incense at my right. house. Only time I really see incense is when I'm passing down the street and they got those right. guys see, selling like incense. Right, the, the uh, cats outside, like Muslim oil. People call it Muslim oils and, and, and incense. You see the cats on the street. Usually, more often than not, it's... Uh, I I buy mine the majority of the time from either the Arab stores on Atlantic Avenue or downtown Brooklyn or on Fulton Street um, where uh, right. they're like Muslims or uh, yeah, right. Africans was, selling some of the oils. Yeah. I thought it was like, I thought that was like a, either a cultural thing or you're like a fortune teller and you had it in your like place. Like I didn't know it was like for a regular household of a regular like... Yeah, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't know, like, but I'm saying, but now that I see it in yours, uh -huh. I'm like, oh, it kind of smells good, but there's still something very mysterious about it when I see like the smoke kind of burning where it's like, if well, it was in my house, it would look smoke, weird. Probably, I think what adds to that or loans itself to that is the fact that th there's, there's when incense is burning, there's a, there's a, a haze of, of smoke sort of wafting Slowly through like the air. I feel like beads, like those huh? beads hanging. Right, or something. right, right. That's what I visualize when I see incense. Well, I remember growing up. I mean, I remember growing up, uh, going to going to my parents. Like we would go to their friends' houses or like parties, and uh, incense and and the beads were hanging. Uh, right. See, Sony's see, that's what I associate. Home. But that was also the, the the era. Um, uh, I know some people use incense to cover uh, the scent of weed or whatever they're smoking because they're different. Right. There are a variety of flavors from white linen to Egyptian musk, which is uh, my preference to uh, Nag Champa, which, which like Common named one of his songs. That's that's when I was like, okay, Common is on on some other because on uh, on his Like Water for Chocolate, he had a track called Nag Champa. And I was like, oh, so he he's into the incense too. Yeah. and, and But that's when... He he was really full on into like I think it just had been dating Erica Badu, so it made sense. Started rocking the macrame pants mm -hmm. and and stitched hats, you know. And uh, I'm just saying, I thought incense was either cover like you said weed or cover like a grandmother smell. Oh god! No, but you uh, you know what? I can't even be mad about that because I I see where that no, but it's not a diss to you. Oh, I, I, I didn't, didn't know because I said I it smelled good. I, yeah, I didn't I didn't smell it. I didn't yeah, aromatherapy. Aromatherapy. Yeah, it seems it seems very therapeutic. It seems and calming and yeah, meditative. It and, does have and, uh, like a calming smell. And I prefer it to to Febreze. You know, right? I I prefer yeah, probably... I prefer Egyptian musk scent to Febreze. But the same way, I don't wear colognes. I don't wear I don't wear colognes for the same reason. I'm not big on perfumes because uh, they always anytime. I remember uh, my brother used to have cologne and. It, I was like, oh man, I feel like sneezing. Um, but I always, you know, I started wearing um, uh, oil, and the only oil I wear is Egyptian musk. Started wearing oil because um, Egyptian musk. Huh? They should change the last. No, I like it because it sounds uh, Egyptian musk sounds manly, man. It sounds like musk. It sounds like you a man. A man wears musk. musk. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I, like I, I want I want to smell like Egypt, like musk, son. Okay. Like, All right. And uh, yeah, my wife uh, got it for me because she's. I, I always have mentioned. I always burned Egyptian Egyptian musk incense, and I remember there was a, a girl I used to uh, kick it with back in like way back in the days, like early '90s, back during like the X Clan. Like, fan glories, this is protected by the red, the black, and the green at the crossroads with the key. Sissy. You remember them? I do. Okay. Vaguely. Okay. I mean, not like, you know, um, I wasn't on. Yeah, so like, that's back when, that's what, back when black people uh, had, young black people had pride in their appearance and and wore onks and onks and paisley. That was always weird because you'd see people, you know what, what, what was interesting about that era? Everyone always looked hot. Everyone always looked literally like they were warm. And you're like, yo, like, what, like think about Brand Nubia's first album. We always got to throw in some hip hop in the pocket. Brand Nubia's first album, everyone looks like if they're performing, you know there's some sweating going to be happening because they had like four or five beads that looked like they probably weighed like 20 pounds. They had like dreads or or uh, or like naughty dreads, like fade on the side with dreads on top. Mm-hmm. Sunglasses. Everybody always looked like they were warm, you know. And uh, and so back in that era, I was I was seeing this girl and she used to wear Egyptian musk and I remember I always liked it. So fast forward 20 years. I've only been wearing oil Maybe like if, uh, maybe well, three to five healthier, years. Actually, I mean, because it's. I'm pretty sure I've read a lot of articles about not so much cologne, but definitely like deodorants are not healthy because they stop you from sweating, which is then putting it, you know, back into your skin. So I never knew. That. And sure, I always wondered why people. Because actually, what was funny is actually when I was in like, you know, eighth or ninth grade, because, you know, at a certain age, you don't really need to wear deodorant because you don't really, like, sweat or smell. Like, you know, you hit, like, a certain age where, like, you start to... If you, I, I haven't hit that yet. No, what I'm saying is... <laughs> yeah, so what I'm saying is, so there's a certain age, so... But my mother was always, like, you know, she because she's big into health stuff and everything. She, she was, like... She was like M&M, so... Right, so she, she's into, into a lot of different things. I just, I, I just love the fact uh, how gully Bessie's mom's is, babe. I, I've been talking about that on stage more, and it's uh-huh. just been because I want to get more personal. Yeah, stuff. that's my not, act. And it's been good, but I'm you're just starting. This. I know. Well, because you know what it is when stuff was like close to home. I don't know. I think that's kind of maybe common, maybe not for everybody, it but is. it's like you don't talk about stuff on stage right away. That's really like yeah, close to I mean, just that's, trying to that's, be. That's exposing yourself. So, but yeah, she. I actually got to talk about this too. How she would just hammer it in that like deodorant. You, can't wear deodorant. It's not good for you. Which she's not wrong. Uh, however, she probably should have supplied me with an alternative. Right. Um, <laughs> and now I don't think that she'd really think it all the way through. Yeah, my son's playing basketball. He's sweating. You know, so I was just kind of brought, you know, if you're brought up a certain way, it's like, and you, you're, and that's in your head, you don't know. So like by ninth and 10th grade, it was funny. So I'd be playing ball and two dudes on the team like, yeah, well, fuck, you stink. Well, hold like, on, that, that's good defense. Nobody wants to play <laughs> right, you, son. Right. That's, so, that's, that's, so, that's the remedy. So I was like, so. That's the remedy right there. So I was like, but I was like so paranoid of like, I was like, this sounds really unhealthy. She's telling me it's cancer causing all this stuff. But then at a certain point, I was just like, all right, fuck it. I'm just like, I got to find some deodorant. So I used like the Axe spray, which wasn't as like kind of, uh, you know, it wasn't. Yeah, it's still. It's the aluminum that. that Right. Yeah. So it was like, but I figured, oh, well, I could kind of, you know, so that that was, you know, that's what kind of. So it's, hold on. So it's the, because I always heard the aluminum. So essentially your body's absorbing aluminum. 
Oh, dig it. So it's like we saran wrap in the funk yeah. from coming out of us. It's, well, we'll just... Yeah, and just and we'll just think about it from this way, just a common sense thing is like your your body is supposed to sweat. So if you're not sweating and you're and you're working out or whatever and you're stopping sweat, it's going back into your skin. You're putting toxins back into your body. But so you sweat other way. Like I know it's funny, I didn't sweat a lot in the army. Like I didn't sweat I didn't sweat a lot uh in my youth, but now, man, listen. I like I went from not sweating to uh having syrup come out of me. Like my like my 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 t-shirts right. look like like discolored to where even like Clorox bleach is like, come on, son, we ain't what are we doing? Right. You know? <laughs> so right. it, but no, it makes sense. Yeah. So that's why that that was an interesting thing growing up with that kind of whole thing about deodorant colognes. And I've always had like kind of sense I've always been like super sensitive. Right. And skin. So even when I would use certain like deodorants, I'd be like, like you said, chemically things are different. And there's like how many you go into like a CVS? There's like oh, a thousand deodorants. Yeah. I don't even know how you decipher really which one. I'm just like, okay, original. I mean, I whatever. Use Axe, but, but I you use, know why I use Axe, but not the spray. I use the underarm. Okay. Uh, but uh, I use it because uh, my buddy Rich Pierre Louis, Rich was in an Axe body spray commercial. He did a campaign for them a couple of years ago, and he had some free acts, and I think I my, I had run out of deodorant. So he was like, here, you can have this. And then I liked how it smelled. So I was like, yeah, all right, I'll, uh, I'll wear this. So I do now. Yeah. yeah. That's what I do. What'd you say? <laughs> I know, Axe. right? There's a plug for Axe. Axe. And, so uh... I, I use Axe and, and Egyptian musk. And, and comics are funny because, uh, who is it, Bobby Kelly? He was like, dude, you're like the the... You are the cleanest smelling comic. You you smell like someone just did laundry, you know. But yeah. but I actually it's funny because for someone that never wore since, I actually now I like wearing it because I feel like it leaves my mark when I when I leave a room, people, people still know you're there. No, I was. There. I got into cocoa butter for a while. Oh, I enjoyed... wow. you can tell you dated a sister. No, right well, had nothing to... <laughs> that's guarantee. You know, no, I didn't. I just liked it. I just. You know I'm what? sure you I, like it. I'm I, sure I, you did get it. <laughs> no, but it wasn't even Suck a, that up and drop. <laughs> I'm not sure though it was uh a chick that put me on to it though. Uh -huh. I'm really not sure about that. I think I remember just smelling it. Maybe it was a chick that was wearing it, but uh -huh. I think dudes wore cocoa butter too. And I was kind of like, yeah, I was like, yo, yeah, I, like, I was like, you smell it was kind of weird saying this to a black dude. I was like, yo, you smell like chocolate. Like, and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, and I was like. <laughs> You literally, dude. You smell, smell like <laughs> you smell like white chocolate. Yo, and I was like, yo, what is that? And it was like cocoa butter. I was like, yo, that's nice. Like, and I was like, I mean, it's weird. Make but sure then you I get, went get that Palmer's. Yeah, I was like, yo. So I went black to the, and orange. I went there and I was smell. You know, I put it on. I was like, yo, it smells like I wanted to eat it. Yeah, I was like, yeah. it was great. And then I remember one time that was what I started to use, which didn't work for long. But as an alternative, I said, oh, I'll just put this, and maybe that'll kind of code the smell. And then hold the smell. That's what I thought I could do for a couple days. You could cover funk with chocolate. That's what I thought I could do, right? Like you know. So this was in ninth grade. This was in ninth grade. I'm at Kenny Smith's basketball camp, and the uh, I was staying in these dorm rooms that were just disgusting. The showers were awful. It was probably like you know something right. you'd see in the military. Right. Ugh, you know. And uh, I'm telling you, the military is clean. Son. Well, maybe it is clean, but I'm sure there's other dudes around. You're not taking them in your private shower. I don't know what it's like, but. 
I'm just saying it was around a lot of people. You, you wanted your own. You wanted your own. Yes, my of course. Private. I don't want to see right. some. He dude's wanted four ass seasons and, in the Kenny know? Smith well, why would I basketball see? camp. Yeah, I mean, well, Kenny Smith could have fucking you know done a little bit better that year. I mean, he was making money, but I'm sure he was. I'm sure he wasn't staying anywhere near those damn dorms. Of course. So not. we're at the dorms at the you know shitty dorms, and I'm like, man, I'm not taking a shower. This is disgusting. Oh, I'd rather God. stink. Oh wow. So it was the How first long was night. The camp? It was a week, but I'll explain. I'll explain what happened. That was just the first night. Uh, so I didn't take a shower the first night, right? And I went to bed and I put on, you know, this cocoa butter lotion, like all. <laughs> so wait, you've you've been sweating? I, I played. You we played. I played. I was sweating. Games. I changed and I just put this cocoa butter on. You didn't shower. You didn't no, wash I didn't, the underarms I, or anything. I, I just. No, I just brushed my teeth and then I did it fast. I brushed my teeth fast. I didn't even want to spit in the sink. I was like, this is gross. And I was just like, and I was like doing no. cocoa butter. And I was, and I did it all right. And then, but check this out. The next day, I see Kenny Smith's sister, I believe. And she wanted to give me a hug. And I give her a hug. And she goes, look at you smelling all good. <laughs> <laughs> look, look at you smelling all good. And I was thinking, yo, this shit is amazing. <laughs> now, obviously... I knew, but in my head, I knew, okay, it's not going to work two, three days and it's going to get right. out of hand. So I went to my father because, of course, Lint is sticking my, to you. <laughs> my father went and stayed at like a hotel, you know, 30 miles away to back to civilization right. like a normal human being. Uh, you know, even though we're all paying $500 fucking week, you think, you know, we'd be staying in a place that was halfway decent. But anyway, uh, so I took showers at his place. And that so helped you, me. You commuted thirty. Everybody else. Was I mean, I'm I'm probably exaggerating. Probably wasn't probably like thirty 15, miles. Like and yes, everybody else, uh, you know, stayed there and washed there. And I just was like, fuck that shit. And I went. Which and did. is, you know, just so you know, this doesn't surprise me for the guy that that uses psychic powers to use uh, mess, uh, men's. No, you don't use. Men's no, room. not psychic power. I'm no, using I mean, visuals. Funny. I'm, I'm oh. saying you use. You you uh you just telekinesis to pee. Uh, <laughs> said you well, never touch yourself. People haven't heard it. No, I don't. And, and I touch my whole. Here's the thing. I'm not like. There's no uh, phobia. I, I'll touch no, my know, penis, yeah. but I'm saying not I'm not. Uh, yeah, I can jerk off with no hands, but there's plenty of visuals uh, I use. It's not imagination. How I jerk off with no hands. We could do that on a different save, one. Save and I kind of like the mystique of it, too. I don't really want to get into it. That's kind of my own private, you know, yeah. thing. I mean, maybe I'll talk about it on stage. That's your zen. Yeah, it's my, it's it's my your, shit. It's your happy place. It is. It's a great thing. But, but look, but back to that. Yeah, so this is what I, when I go to camps and stuff like that, and it, well, you know, can I tell you this? Yeah. When I was at Kenny Smith's basketball camp, I actually ended up uh, hurting myself. I got injured badly. I tore oh. my calf muscle. Oh, right? Oh, and, sound like it hurt. and I was, and here's what I remember. I never went to Kenny Smith's basketball camp again because people Sarah, thought I was. So much to rip my, my. People, people thought I was uh, faking it, which was interesting because Kenny's camp for the previous years that I went to, it was in South Carolina. Right. Then he moved it to North Carolina. Uh, where, UNC. Right. It was there. And so that year, the competition got even better and it was really good. Mm. I was there for the first two days. I was playing great. It was good. I got hurt like the third day. Oh, and people, like some of my teammates were there, they were accusing me that I was faking it. Why? Mean, meanwhile. Why do you think you faked it? That you know, it's weird in uh, athletics for some reason. I think I'm sure it's in all sports. There's something like in the way animals are. Someone sees someone injured, 
they don't have sympathy a lot of times. People right. injured. Now, I don't know where that comes from. I'm sure as you get higher up, that's not as uh, done. But for some reason, even coaches, people will be like, oh, come on. Like, well, they're very like, uh, uh, Jordan, uh, unsympathetic. Was it, it, remember when Jordan played with the flu in the in the finals back? Yes. Was that like 96? Right. Uh, and a lot of people were like, like you there, you are there was no gray area. You either were like, wow, man, this dude played through. And then there were other people, obviously, that weren't Bulls fans, like, man, he ain't that sick. I'm like, he's dying. Like, right. what and do I, you need him to do to prove? I remember watching Oprah, actually, on Oprah Winfrey's show, the day that was like a Sunday game, and then the Monday, uh, Oprah, this is back when she would like talk to the audience and uh, one girl in the audience just swore that uh, she was faking and and was really like vehement about saying he wasn't really uh, well, sick. And, and Oprah kicked her out of. Oprah said, "You know what? I'm gonna respectfully ask you to leave." Um, right, because because he sounded so ignorant. Well, that's the that's the thing. But then people will use that as like when you get hurt to like they'll use like what like if it was if it was a really important game you couldn't tough this out right now and play. So they'll you also right. use that people who have toughed it out. Now, to be honest, using someone like Jordan example who's getting paid millions of dollars and it's the NBA Finals, I don't think you can compare to you know being in high school and playing through a game. Not ah! saying it wasn't. Not saying he didn't have the flu. Right, but. But there is a big but there. He he's he's get his treat. Here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying he didn't have the flu. Don't think I'm downplaying I, 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 it. But I, I, what I'm saying is is that he's getting treated medically right. a lot different than a normal person. He's yes. getting fluids run through him. He's right. getting stuff. Still super hard. I can but never do it. Comparatively, I think uh, people should never use that as like, well, Jordan did it, so you should be able to do it in a high school game. Right, right. It's not the same thing. Right, that's true. But I think uh, I think. I think there's similarities only in that you it's it's based on where you are and that, I don't think they should yeah I guess that's what you're saying I don't think they should compare them because but uh, the same way you can't measure say Michael Jordan's heart versus the say you can't say Michael Jordan wants it more his championship more than a sixth grader wants his championship you know what I mean right that's exactly because so, it's, it's all. So with flashback to so Kenny Smith's camp. So I tore my calf muscle. Meanwhile, I didn't know I had tore. I just knew I was in pain. And and three weeks later, I'm on crutches. So obviously, wasn't faking it. Right. And uh, what was funny is so that started to get around. And Kenny Smith's brother, who we knew pretty well. Side chick? Harris. Oh. Um, <laughs> Who'd you say, Sasha? Side chick. Oh. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'll cut that out. Um, <laughs> but, okay, so, yeah, Kenny Smith's brother, who I don't even remember his name, but we were pretty cool Larry, with him. No, yeah, it was like, Kenny Smith's brother, he kept coming up to me, and again, I think he was the one who kind of started it. He kept coming up to me, put his arm around my shoulder, and he'd go, you know, a lot of people say you're faking the injury because the competition is really hard. And at first, like, I'm like, okay, he's joking. Like, okay, he's kind of trying to be funny. But he kept doing it. Right. He kept going to me like three or four times. He'd do the same thing. Again, I'm sure half being funny, but there was some truth goes. He put his arm around me and go, yo, a lot of people say you're faking the injury, man, because you're scared of this competition. Oh, and I'm in pain. That's what's crazy about it. Yeah, so when I get back... To my, because some of my teammates had traveled with me from high, uh, on my high school team. There, I get back. This the whole team is really like, yo, Joe's milking this fake. It got, it kind of got in that, like that would, and it me. was, 
you know, as a kid, it's a little traumatic because you want to play and everyone's like looking at you right. suspects and you only got hard, all this stuff. Right. So as a kid, it's actually a traumatic thing. Back yeah. now, I'd probably be like, what the of course, fuck now you, guys, you realize you know? they, they all uh, are just, you know, mad at themselves. Oh, yeah, whatever, whatever the problem was. But yeah, it was funny. So we never, I never went back to Kenny Smith's camp again because I was so kind of oh, sour off of being injured and plus his brother kind of being a dick to me. Because I'm thinking now, like, okay, you're trying to be funny, but I'm like, I'm in the ninth grade. I'm would you, young. Would you ever, if, when, well, you've met Kenny Smith, but. Yes. Uh, have you ever told him that story or what, do you think you ever yeah, would? No, because it was like, I mean, I seen Kenny after that, uh, but. No, I don't think I ever really told him that story. I Why think not? I kind of... You scared? No. <laughs> I think I kind of... Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think I kind of mocked it that it wasn't... That the camp wasn't, though, as good as it was in South Carolina. Because in North Carolina, what happens is he took more kids. There were more people. So everything became a lot more bigger. crowded. Okay. And it became so much bigger. It right. kind of lost what it had. The charm. The, the charm, charm of it. Of it. Yeah. Uh, it was longer waits like for everything right right, the, right. The, the, every everything about it wasn't good we used to go out for meals now we're eating food at the the campus well, we, sure we stayed you, at sure the, that disgusted that disgusted the shit i mean we were staying at holiday inns in south carolina and now we're in the dorms so i was kind of you know i'm sure i kind of mocked him for like oh well now you know you're over at this hotel here and now you got us up at the dorms but just because we're at north carolina your old right. stomping grounds it's supposed to be better so uh yeah that was kind of it then we never really uh <laughs> But I do, I do remember though. Joe was arrogant when he was fourteen. Oh, I was, I was very quick. I don't want to say arrogant, but I, I was yeah. very quick though. I will say that to be a smartass right. and and let you know what I thought. Uh, and I didn't give yeah. a shit. Yeah, but what is it arrogant no, though? I'm if there just, is some truth to it though. Um, it can be it's truth, but it's still, still, still be arrogant. Okay, but but I'll no, take I'm, that title. I'm at precocious. You were fourteen, so most people would say. Oh, that Joseph Vesey is a precocious child. Yeah, no, I would definitely... T I didn't give a shit. If Honestly, if I was the way I was then mm -hmm. and now on stage, mm -hmm. I'd probably be 10 times better. All right, all right. Hey, man! Yo, man, you know what? We, we, we talk so much. I, I feel like we ran out of time, man, so we got to do it all again. Can you come back next week, Joseph? Can we have you two weeks in a row, man? Yes, sir. This is awesome. Our producer is back. Um... And that's also I take some of the blame because I said I want to fly solo sometimes. So this we had that wonderful synergy where we can, you know, sometimes give Joseph a week off. And, you know, next week, I think we need to get more into talking about you taking uh, Larry Morse's uh, acting class, man. Because you were gone a couple of weeks and and, and we uh, we missed you. And, you know, I want to find out what, uh, what, what, my bottom lip is quivering. want to find out, you know, what that was like, you know, acting with uh, or learning um, the 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 craft from such a master that's, that's uh, I can run circles around you now on set. I, I, circles, hey man, circles. I ain't mad at that, man. So you know, as always, thespian. he's a thes a thespian with a hard beat. <laughs> and uh, as always, man, make sure you follow Joseph uh, on Instagram and Twitter at uh, at Joseph Vesey. Um, and uh, add Michael Biono on Facebook. He's add on Michael Facebook. Biono on Facebook. You, maybe you need some what? Maybe <laughs> some people need some sound, some money. You know, hey, Dude, you never know. Yeah, you never know, man. Some good um, jobs coming. Mike, don't you have a company? Like, do you, uh, no, you don't want to promote that on here. Yeah, what's the name? No, okay, we'll do that next time. You know, he's just slow and coming around, but he's you got to crawl before you walk, walk before you run, run before you fly. Um, no hands. And no hands. No hands masturbation. And uh, and follow me at I am Dean Edwards on Instagram and Twitter, man. And uh, you know, keep supporting the the Further Muckin Protocol 
man, on All Things Comedy, man. We appreciate y'all. And we'll catch you next week, man. Easy. <laughs>